Live at 5 Sports at Tide and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, Jim and I are talking about 1230 here in the afternoon, so the Twins game not underway yet as this airs. They're well into the game, about two and a half hours. Nice weather, at least, for them down there in Kansas City. And, uh, Jim, what do you see? I mean, we've got the balanced schedule. Uh, well, sort of balanced. They still play more division games than anything else, but a lot more balanced. Might make it a little tougher on those AL Central teams. Uh, yes, I think it's a good thing for the game. I'm actually really excited about the season. Mm-hmm. Between the pitch clock, faster pace of play, more games outside the Central. I got really – I just don't know how anybody didn't get sick of seeing Royals twins, mm-hmm. White Sox twins, Cleveland twins. Even if – you know, unless those games are meaningful, it's just another game against a team that you're way too familiar with. So I'm really looking forward to a more balanced schedule. I'm looking forward to the, the way their you know, speed is going to be kind of reintroduced into the game. Um, and, you know, and I'm, I'm actually excited about the Swims team. Uh, yeah. They, you know, middle of the order will be kind of the, maybe the key for this team. You know, can they get enough people per, to produce runs? Can they get the key, can they have the key run producers to stay healthy? One interesting development, it's funny, because on our baseball podcast uh, with Roy Smalley and Lavelle, I said a, a ways back, I said, you know, because they don't have a leadoff hitter, and because I'd rather have Buxton batting toward the middle, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously Buxton batted leadoff a lot last year, so I'd rather have Buxton in a run-producing place, and I'd try Kepler as a leadoff hitter. And that's completely anti-analytics, right? Mm-hmm. Because he, he doesn't have a good on-base percentage. He's only had one really good offensive year in his entire career. But I, I thought, you know, here's a guy who overthinks things, overanalyzes things, um, you know, is trying to match the home run total he put up in 2019 as one good offensive year. What if you batted him lead off and just told him, hey, just get on base. Just take good at bats. Don't even worry about don't hit, don't worry about home runs. Don't worry about strikeouts. Just, just try to get on base as much as you can. It might be really good for him and his mentality. And now we're finding out that Rocco basically listed all those reasons for using Kepler as his leadoff batter this, uh, today, and mm-hmm. he plans on giving it a good run. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out. And when you don't have yeah. a traditional guy, you know, try some things. And that's never been uh, Baldelli's uh, problem. He, he doesn't lack imagination. He's trying to find guys and fit them in where to, to give them the best chance to succeed. He's not afraid to try some interesting things. Right. And now you're going to see, you know, lineup. And listen, the lineup's going to change sure. uh, daily. But I think he wants to try out, especially before Kirilov and Polanco get back, he wants to try out uh, Kepler, Correa, Buxton's top three, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then you know, it might be Larnick in the in the cleanup spot to give you a lefty in at bat. Then Miranda, then Gallo, then you know, then Taylor, then Gordon and Vasquez or Vasquez Gordon, whatever. It, it's not an intimidating lineup, but if they can just score enough runs early enough in the season to stay above water before they get Polanco and Kirilov back. You had Polanco and Kirilov to that lineup. It started starting to look pretty deep and pretty dangerous. Then you factor in the fact this is their most solidified rotation they've had starting a season in a long time, maybe the best bullpen alignment they've had in a long time, and maybe the best fielding team they've had in a long time. You really feel like if they can produce a reasonable amount of runs, they got a really, really good chance here. Nick Gordon, uh, I'm happy to see him in the lineup. You know, easy guy to pull for. He's worked so hard uh, without being necessarily blessed with a really big body. You know, he's kind of thin, but, boy, he's just kept chugging away, chugging away. And, you know, he gets a chance to start an opening day, and that's a special thing for a major league player. It is. And Nick's one of the most likable guys on the roster. And, you know, not only 
is he built very lean, uh, but he also has had all kinds of dietary and, and food allergy problems. He's had, he's had, you know, I can't I'm blanking on the name for it right now, but basically he could not keep weight on. Um, and he's really had to clean up his diet. He's had to eat a very disciplined diet uh, and eat a lot of food. And he's still a very lean guy, but he's had enough strength. And we saw what we saw at the end of last year was really surprising. He started jolting the ball, uh, you know, and I don't even know if it's that well reflected in his total stats. But you saw him getting to a point where he was picking out pitches and driving them instead of just being kind of a see ball, hit ball, slap hitter. He was actually hitting the ball really hard for a guy his size. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, he's not going to be a power hitter per se, but it does hint that there's more there than what we saw, uh, you know, in, in past years from him. Uh, Jose Miranda, a guy who uh, really kind of came on uh, two years ago in the minor leagues, had a huge season and then had a lot of time uh, with the Twins last year. A little bit of an injury this spring, but appears healthy now, starting at third base, which he says is where he wants to be. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be a great third baseman. I think he's going to be a good enough third baseman to keep his bat in the lineup. And again, you know, he could be really important early in the season while Polanco and Kirilov are out. He could be important all season. If he produces runs this year the way he did when he was swinging it well last summer, that checks off. That that kind of eliminates another problem for this team because they need right-handed hitting, they need power hitting, they need run producers in the middle of the order. He can help fix all those things. Christian Vazquez uh, gets the start at catcher. It seems like the Twins targeted him, that that was the catcher that they wanted uh, to pair along with Ryan Jeffers uh, uh, for their two catchers. What was it about Vazquez that they seemed to like? Great defender and great leader. Uh, And he can hit a little bit, but he's not really, you know, he's not an asset because of his offense. Uh, He is somebody they feel like can take charge of a game, can run a pitching staff, can run a game. And, you know, it's interesting because, their best, the best season for Falvey and Levine was 2019, and they went into that season saying, okay, you know, analytics has always been about on-base percentage and slugging percentage. We're not going to worry about on-base percentage. We think the ball's going to fly out of ballparks this year. We're going to get all the sluggers we can in the lineup. They went offense, 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 power, 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 and it worked out. This year, they kind of go in and saying, we think this is, this is going to be a speed and defense season. Uh, let's get the best defenders we can. Let's get the most speed we can out there in the outfield and let's catch the ball better than everybody else and hope that, that that players who help us do that can also produce enough offensively. And Vasquez fits that philosophy. Uh, so does Michael A. Taylor, terrific uh, defensive center yep. fielder. Yeah, and uh, you know, and now it even seems more like – at the moment, um, I thought it was a good move. Now it seems like a vital move because Buxton is going to start the year as uh, kind of a full-time DH Taylor is almost as good as Buxton in center field. Nobody's as good. But he's close to as good. So now you get to keep Buxton in the lineup uh, and without sacrificing much in, in defensive outfield. One free agent signing that had some Twins fans shaking their heads a little bit and wringing their hands was Joey Gallo uh, because of mm-hmm. the season he had last year. If they can find something with Gallo, the guy has immense power. Right. And uh, once again, going back to the fielding, he's an excellent field. He's an excellent outfielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, while Kirilov's out, he's probably going to be their first baseman. So uh, he's, he ends up, once again, it's another move that looks better today than it did the day they made it because they need him right now in the lineup. He can produce power. He's a good fielder. He's a versatile fielder. Uh, and, they're, you know, they're hoping that they can help him tame his strikeouts a little bit. Uh, and if he does that, he could be a, a valuable offensive player. But, you know, he, he has a role of the dice offensively, but he's kind of a sure thing defensively. Mm-hmm. 
your guys Lavelle Neal and Patrick Royce seem to differ a little bit on how good the Twins are uh, with their predictions for win totals. What do you think? Where would you think would be a, a good spot for the Twins? I think the low 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, uh, and, and listen, it's all about health, right? I think you look back last year. Last year was a disaster, but it was a disaster because of health. When they were healthy, relatively healthy, they were first-place team. When Buxton was in the lineup, they played like a first-place team. They wanted a first-place ring. So I think if they, if they stay anywhere near reasonably healthy, I think that the pitching depth, the fielding, uh, eventually the, the deepened lineup will allow them to, to take a shot at winning this division. Lots of kvetching from uh, Coach Finch and, and Rudy Gobert after last night's Timberwolves loss. A lot of, uh, about the officiating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and isn't it funny that nobody ever, you never hear an NBA or a basketball coach say, you know what, we didn't play that well tonight, but we got a lot of calls, and that's why we won. <laughs> right. But when you lose, all of a sudden it's the referee. Um, I'm not saying the, the officials were great last night, and I'm not going to say they didn't miss some calls that hurt the Wolves. I feel like the Wolves had a lot of shots Yes. that they usually make that they missed. They had bunnies, they had layups, they had offensive rebounds, they had open three-pointers that they missed. When he makes shots, a lot of these other problems go away. They just didn't make enough. I thought their two problems last night were uh, they didn't make shots they usually make, and I didn't think they rebounded as well as they usually rebound. I think if they'd done those things well, Nobody be talking about the officials today. Yeah, really cold stretch in the fourth quarter. They couldn't throw it yeah. in the ocean. Uh, and then another big game from Philip Gustafson. 42 saves to give them a key win against Colorado for the Wild last night. Yeah, maybe the biggest game of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Now now winning that one, it gives them a nice lead in the division. Uh, and it puts them right near the top of the Western Conference. Uh, this is turning into a really special season. And Gustafson has been phenomenal. Jim, thanks so much. Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Sue Ann brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.